Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast if you are a new listener. All right, all right, all right. Enough of that, enough of me. Today's episode, boy, I'm so excited for it. It's with Britt Olson and she is in charge of Loving Your Old Soul as a blog, as an Instagram, and she's creating so many businesses. Girl, girl's on fire. She's a soon-to-be certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. That's where I went, and I'm really excited. We kind of just cover a wide variety of topics from embarking on your spiritual journey to you know moving and transitioning, listening to that inner knowing, listening to that voice inside of you, listening to your spirit guide taking remarkable steps forward. We talk about experimenting and wow, there's just so much to be covered in today's episode. Britt is such a beautiful, kind, and magical soul. She legit radiates light and I'm so happy I have gotten to know her. I do want to say that in this episode, I believe that we refer to the fact that we were supposed to do a podcast swap, and we did do a podcast swap. I am on her podcast. My episode has already been posted, so go check that out through her. It's really good. It's my first interview ever. Holy smokes, I get real vulnerable on there, but we were going to do a podcast swap, and this was recorded back in May, but with everything that was happening with the movement and corona, we both decided to postpone our videos till we felt comfortable releasing them, or not our videos, our podcast episodes. At this point, our content. Okay. So this was recorded back at the end of May and I'm so excited to have gotten to know her. She is so, so amazing everyone. And I'm happy to say that we are friends and I'm just so excited that I got to become her friend and make this connection. She actually reached out to me when we were doing the podcast swap and I was like, Hey, yeah, let's do the podcast swap. So I'm really excited to have her in my life. So before we get into this episode, I want to do the usual two cues. What am I grateful for today and how have I put myself first today? So I am so grateful for all the opportunities that I've had within the past few months and within the past six months, I've really expanded and become such a higher, more amplified version of myself. I've really stepped into expansiveness and my authentic truth, and I continuously am moving forward. I am legit so grateful for everything that I've gone through, but I'm hiring a coach and investing in myself for getting meditation and breathwork certification to taking the health coaching certification last year and to starting my business. And now I'm going to be launching my program, which is Upgraded Identity Shift. It's a 12-week one-on-one soul expansive self-mastery program to really help take you from people pleaser to self-worth warrior, to really help you embark on your journey towards healing and becoming your best self. And I'm really going to help you shift into becoming who you desire to be and create the life that you want. Because this process for me took me five years. And if I could consolidate it into 12 weeks, that's remarkable. And I did. And I was able to take the biggest, most expansive shifts that I went through and put them into a 12-week program. So if you want to up-level your life, if you're ready to continue on with your healing journey, if you are ready to stop putting everyone before yourself, <laughs> if you are ready to stop putting everyone before yourself and start putting yourself mother freaking first, 
I would suggest signing up for my program. This is actually when this episode comes out, it'll be my first launch day. So I'm only accepting five people. If anything I said interests you at all, please feel free to enroll and fill out an application. It'll be linked in the show notes. It'll be linked in my bio, in my Instagram bio. And yeah, so I'm really grateful for all the opportunities I've had that have led me to this moment. And I know there's so much more magic to come. Okay, (laughs) enough of me talking about myself and my program. How have I put myself first today? Okay, so I would say that I've actually had a kind of rough day. I got my car inspected. I found out that I have to get my brakes fixed. My cat had blood work done. She is okay right now, but she's an old cat. So we're seeing if she has any underlying health issues. And throughout all of that, I really put myself first by nourishing myself morning, lunch, and dinner. So I just had dinner. I had lunch when I got home and I had breakfast this morning. And I am really proud of myself for handling everything that was thrown out at me today and still making sure I'm nourishing my body because taking care of your body is so, so, so important. So I put myself first today by taking care of my health and continuing to meditate and do breath work and eat meals and drink lots of water even when I don't feel like I have the time. You always have the time to nourish your body. That should be one of your top priorities. Okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to stop rambling on because I want to get into today's episode. So Without further ado, let's welcome Britt Olson to the Soul Worthy Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So today I have Britt here with me. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to be interviewing you. So I'm just going to kind of get into some questions, get the ball rolling. So what is something that you're grateful for today? Ooh, Mm, I am... Today, I'm really grateful for the space that I'm in, both where I currently sit on an internal level in terms of the work that I've done on myself, spiritual work, connection with my higher power and everything like that. And then also on an external basis as well, just in terms of the home I'm in, the community, my family, everything around me. There's a lot of us who are struggling out there right now. So for me, I just am really, really grateful for, yeah, just the space I'm in, the space around me. Yeah. I love that. Was there anything significant that happened that sparked you being grateful for that? Or is that just something you're usually grateful for in general? Uh, Pretty much everything going on in our nation with Mm -hmm. all of the racism that has taken place here at the end of May. And just as we're watching through the lens of the media and those reporting on it, some of those who are key decision makers and just a lot of the the words and verbiage and images that we're seeing thrown across the internet and everything and understanding the struggle and that I'm a big believer in that it's important to always try to put yourself in someone else's shoes before making a judgment as best that you can. And it's definitely not easy. So just in witnessing everything that is going on in Minneapolis, and it's just, it's been a trying time with the COVID-19 pandemic. And then now witnessing all of the racism that has taken place. I just feel so, just feel so emotional um, for everybody up there and everyone dealing with it. And I don't think that it's 
just those local to the Minneapolis, Minnesota area who are dealing with it right now, I think as a whole nation, we're all dealing with it. And it scares me to think as well that it's kind of been a long time coming in a way of people making a stand against racism and hopefully voices will get heard and we can all really start to heal, heal the wound that our country has kind of looked past for a long time. Yeah, totally. I realized because I was reading a bunch about everything that's going on recently and it seems like it was bubbling up to like, it was something was going to happen that was going to shift everyone or more people to speak up because before I don't, I know there was a ton of people speaking up, but a lot of people that are like on my, I guess like social feed, they weren't speaking up as much. And now I feel like a lot of people are speaking up for it more because they're kind of just like sick of it happening. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like so many of us have shifted and like accept one another and treat each other equally. And there's also like this whole other world where that isn't happening yet. And it's mind boggling to me that like people still oppress other people. I totally agree. Yeah, it definitely feels as if it was a bubble, kind of like our emotions inside. If you don't deal with something, it always comes back to you later and it comes out in some way or another. And I think the explosion just, it's been bubbling up for sure. And I know a lot of people have been commenting differently with the looting and the acts of anger and rage that have been taking place. And while I don't think that it's right and I don't want to justify any of those acts. I also think it's important to understand how those people are simply acting in the only way that they feel they can get heard right now because they haven't been heard in the past. Yes, it's not right. It's not okay to destroy someone's property, not okay to steal anything like that. Completely agree. However, I also hold just a sense of compassion and understanding in that they're only doing what they feel they should, what they feel is the best thing to do with the current circumstances that they're in. And also being a white female, I, as much as I can try to relate to them, I'll never be able to relate to that feeling of sense of fear, whether it's a mother of a black son, a black man on the streets, black woman on the streets, and all minorities in general as well. Um, We just, I think before we start judging and picking apart the acts that are taking place, it's important to also understand that they don't want to be doing that, but they're only doing what they think they can in these troubling times. And I mean, like we've all, I've definitely been angry before and have done, so, you know, like sped up in my car or thrown something in the yard where that act had nothing to do with the situation that I was upset about. However, it was simply my way of just acting out in that moment. And I believe that protests have not been heard. And yeah, I just think it's people are just trying to be heard right now. So yeah, I totally agree. I saw this video on TikTok. Um, and <laughs> love this, TikTok. Yeah, I love TikTok. <laughs> but this girl was saying like, if we were in a restaurant and I had a heart attack and you broke your arm, like I'd get medical attention first. And it's not because your pain isn't pain. It's because mine's more severe. And then she um, just basically, cause I, I don't remember everything she said. She transitioned it into like, yeah, like as like a white person, like I go through things, but not as severely as someone of color mm-hmm. and of someone in the minority. Like I can still feel pain. My pain is still like real. It exists, but it's not as severe as someone else's who is like a different 
skin color than you or just a different race or just is in a minority group in general. Mm-hmm. And, that was, and that really stood out to me because I was like, exactly like, and that just like made it so clear um, and just a comparison because of this like all lives matter thing going on too. It's like, yes, but like these minorities and the people of color, like they're the ones that are becoming like victims and they're the ones who are like getting hurt. And if like it was someone who was white on the street or something, they wouldn't have gone through the same thing, mm-hmm. which is really, really sad. It's so sad. And we're all humans. We all have feelings and emotions, like you said. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. So exactly. And then shifting gears a little. <laughs> how have you put yourself first today? Ooh. Um, today I put myself first by focusing in on my morning routine. It's really important to me. I've actually gotten a little bit distracted from it the last couple of weeks, but made a commitment. Me too. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Must be the energy going around. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this week I made a commitment to myself to get back to it. And this morning when I woke up, I had my hot lemon water as I always do just to cleanse my body after my organs and liver and things work to kind of digest and dilute a lot of the toxins in myself. So to help, help the body out, wake it up. And then did a meditation and breath work, quick little session with my husband, some journaling, yoga stretches. And I think that was all I did this morning, but, um, yeah, just put myself first before, before anything else. Yeah. And before like really starting the day, which I realized, cause last week I was having a really rough week and I had a really rough week up until like a few days ago and I wasn't doing any of my normal, like journaling or meditating, breath work, movement. Like I was ignoring it because I was like, I feel crappy. I'm not going to do any of that. And the minute I made the conscious decision to actually be like, no, I don't care that I woke up like two hours later than I wanted to wake up. I'm still going to go through the motions of my morning routine. I wound up feeling so much better. Like yesterday when I went through everything, I like looked at my boyfriend and I was like, I feel better. As long as I'm doing something that puts myself first in the morning, my day is so much better. So much better. And it's crazy how quickly you notice a difference as well. I totally feel that. And then it is kind of that like mindset shift where you have to make that commitment because you do notice. And it's almost like, well, duh, of course I feel so shitty right now. Look at what I haven't done. And that's what you need. Like I was feeling all kinds of anxiety and all kinds of stuff before this week. And then now nothing's changed except for I committed to myself first thing. And that's what changed the mindset. Yeah. And that's so beautiful too. So what is something that you've read or done recently that has inspired you? Mm, um, Hopefully I don't sound like a broken record, but I think it's great because I know so many women are gleaning inspiration from her work, but the new book Untamed by Glennon Doyle is a powerhouse of female empowerment from all walks of life, whether looking at yourself in totality, no matter what your age is, you could be 20s, 30s, 40s, even in your teens at just how certain situations of people have affected and maybe tamed yourself and the way that we are, have become such people pleasers. And that the second we started trying to please everyone else, we completely lost touch with ourselves. up to looking at motherhood and how we will then, um, parent our own children and looking at the relationships. She actually talks a little bit about race as well. 
in her book, which is pretty interesting. And yeah, it's really just an up-leveling for females to tap back in, hold on to that power that resides inside of you and not let get not let go of it and just unapologetically steam ahead being yourself. Yeah, I'm super excited to read it. It should come in for me this week because you were like, hey, I thought like you emailed me and you were like, yeah. hey, you should get this book. And it was so funny because I've seen it so many times. I've heard so many people talk about it. And I feel like like the universe has been like slapping me in the face being like, get the book, read the book. But I've been like, yeah, I will like eventually. And then after you emailed me, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to order it. <laughs> so I ordered it. It's on its way. I'm super excited about it. I've heard so many people rave about it. So I can't wait to be inspired too. Yes. I actually, my friend and I were talking, if it is just those maybe of a little bit of a younger demographic who are enjoying the book, but my mom just started reading it recently and she is getting close to turning 60. And um, not that she would appreciate her age being shared, but just for a little bit of reference there. And she, upon starting it, absolutely loves the book as well. So just kind of confirmation that really all ages are capable of enjoying it. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'll link the book like in the notes so people can check it out. And then how have you stepped outside of your comfort zone recently? I am working on that. I actually have something that I need to do to step outside of my comfort zone today that I've been putting off, but I told myself I have a 6 PM deadline to get it done. Um, just a relationship communication little hurdle that mm -hmm. I need to do to step out of my comfort zone there. But let me see, actually, as of the last month, I la launched my podcast, the end of April, early May. And that was a dream that I've had for several years now, yet did not act upon it simply out of the fear of what others would think and how others would potentially judge me. And it wasn't others in terms of hundreds of strangers across the internet, but others in terms of my close family and friends. So mm -hmm. by kind of stepping over that fear, it's been phenomenal just watching myself. It's been super healing, very growing. And then at the same time to see that the predetermined reactions that I was cultivating in my mind weren't as bad as I were making them out to be. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what happened to me. Even just with like talking more on social media, it was never like... I'm scared of strangers, like, because I was like, I don't care, like, about them. But it was the people that were around me that were close to me where I was fearful of what they would say or think. So it's so funny that you're saying that because it's exactly what I went through, too, where I was like, oh, I don't know, like, what someone will think, like, what my friends will think if I, like, talk on social media more or, like, I have a podcast now or I talk more about this coaching program I'm creating. Like, the judgments from people closest to you, I feel like, can be the scariest. 100%. And especially even talking about certain topics that maybe I don't fully open up to them about just because different space, nothing against that is just not um, a typical topic that would come up in conversation as well. And I actually had created my Instagram profile, resurrected an old blog from long ago and put it on private and then blocked everyone who was close to me for a good year while I just kind of finally was able to like freely express myself, freely create. And then it wasn't until a few months ago that finally got off, off got up the courage to make it public and then unblock and share with my friends what I've been doing mm -hmm. and everything like that. So kind of weird, but 
Well, if it works, it works. Cause I feel like sometimes you just need to have something to yourself and feel confident within it in order to share it with people. Like it's hard to be like that vulnerable so quickly when you're just like nervous about everything. Exactly. And sometimes it's like when you see the bigger picture and the end product, you'll understand. But I honor the fact that maybe you can't understand right now. So yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then what is your favorite aspect about yourself and why? Ooh, my favorite aspect about myself would probably be my sense of compassion. It's something that I also get a little frustrated with because sometimes I think that I feel too much, but at the same time, that compassion for what others are going through, constantly trying to understand someone else's side of a story before I immediate place quick judgment on it and just really trying to love everyone and everything for all that they are in this lifetime because all of us are really just all going down our own unique journey and path and we don't know what someone's gone through already where they're going reasoning behind it I mean sometimes even our feelings and emotions get bubbled up over past lifetimes and ancestral heritage and there's just so much more than just what we're seeing at a surface level so I really definitely love my sense of compassion in that respect yeah and compassion is such a powerful thing to have it's like it's a strength at the end of the day Mm -hmm. I really believe that it's a strength and I feel like sometimes people can place judgments on compassion like you're a softie or you're Mm -hmm. not like strong or whatever it is like around that kind of field but I really think like being compassionate being vulnerable those are all strengths like even just being like emotional sensitive whatever it is like those are strengths and once you realize that it's just so much more empowering to like really show yourself. I love how you just said that. Yeah. It's brave to have feelings yeah, and to feel things. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why don't you introduce yourself, tell everyone about who you are, what you do, all of that fun stuff. Absolutely. So my name is Britt Olson. I am an entrepreneur at heart. I recently just turned 30 this year. So I'm entering into two new decades, 2020, and then this new decade of the 30s, which I am so excited for. Aging is not something that I really look to be a negative <clears throat> a negative thing in this world. And I don't think anyone should because it's so exciting to look back on the journey of where, where we've come and how far we've come. And then also look ahead with excitement because there's so much that this lifetime can offer us. But with that, my day job, I own a digital marketing company and then which we focus on all aspects of marketing from social media, email newsletters, do event planning, and then also some nonprofit strategy and management in there. However, I am actually shifting gears to take more of a health and wellness approach to my business, which I am so excited about. I love helping people. I love marketing and business and sales and fully enjoy those aspects. However, I'm at a stage where I'm done doing things for other brands and instead would rather coach them and help lead them to where they need to go and also help individuals achieve their health and wellness goals, whether it's mentally, physically, nutritionally relationships. There's just so much, so many people out there to be helped and helping people is really 
my true passion. I learned that recently, um, by astrology, I'm an Aries, Aries sun, Sagittarius moon, cancer rising. And then my North node is Aquarius. So humanitarian, which really put it all together with that need to be helping people, maybe not always go about things the traditional way. Um, but still always going through it with a good heart and with intent, good intent for humanity. I also have a have partnered in a business recently with my best friend called Daffy, which is do a favor for yourself, which I think we'll get into a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, when I'm having fun, I love, love spirituality, love diving deep, deep into myself, exploring other realms, philosophies, theories, religions. I love yoga, running, being outside. I'm a big water baby. I grew up surfing, um, in the ocean also enjoy being behind a boat as well and just really appreciating nature. I actually make a habit where I go kind of like honor the sunset every night, which oh, is, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Some people think it's kind of tacky and cheesy, but I absolutely look forward to it every night. It's really not too many things get in my way of going out and just staring at the sky for 20 minutes and watching the colors change and then going into the nighttime. So. Yeah. I love all of that, especially the sunset, because I don't think I've ever actually just watched the sunset before. It's I've like so never, much fun. Yeah. And when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, that must be one's like so beautiful and also really calming to just like be there and just like watch the sun and not really have like any other things in mind, like to be really present with nature. Um, I love nature too. I love water. Um, probably because of all the water in my chart too. But mm -hmm. I grew up like down the road from a beach. When I moved up here, we went to like rivers all the time, lakes all the time. And I think nature is a really beautiful way to get centered with yourself and like stay, I don't totally. know, just like be grounded. Yes. Oh well, yeah, because you're in nature. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it brings us back to, to like who we innately are as human beings when you strip away technology and industries and mechanics and just all the things that our lives are consumed with now and just getting out there. That's why I think too, like the whole trend right now with having a house plant, it's kind of a no brainer. It's like, of course, mm -hmm. all these humans are loving their plants and can't get enough of them because that's innately who we are. And it's like, okay, somebody else on Instagram got a new plant. That's cool. But honestly, I'm not really that surprised <laughs> because that's something that we can all enjoy. Yeah, exactly. One of my really close friends just bought like so many plants and she's just like, I want more. And I'm like, yeah, like get more, <laughs> like if do it. <laughs> so where would you say your story begins? Like, does it begin in high school, college, where you started shifting into like spirituality, started creating your own businesses, all of these things? So I would say that it really started in college, in my early 20s, um, started but didn't fully expand itself until probably around age 25 in my mid-20s after having, uh, let me back up though, in college, really my spirituality first started, I would say, when I attended my first yoga class in mm -hmm. that it was this different sense of mind-body awareness and it was a hot yoga class, Bikram, which... I do not do today. Um, I've never done hot yoga. Yeah, it's it to me it doesn't completely reflect what yoga is supposed to be about. 
nothing against if people connect with it. That's great. I just personally don't. I think it's like for a lot of people who like, like the working out part of it, like the sweating and like Mm -hmm. releasing it. I've never done it myself. I can't speak for it. I don't know what it's like, but I know a lot of the people who post about it online really like to work out and sweat and like, it's just another way for them to like do that. So keep sweating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yoga is really what opened up my spiritual awakening. And then it really just brought a sense of awareness to different ways that I was a spiritual person and kind of had been my entire life, but I never fully realized it in the sense of my appreciation for nature and love for the sunset and the sunrises and just loving being outside, sitting there, looking at the sky. Um, It introduced me to different kind of mindfulness activities that I was already doing in terms of I love to sit outside and feel the wind or the breeze on me and close my eyes and try to feel like, is it on my cheeks, my nose, my knees, shoulders, just full body scan of where the breeze is blowing on me. And then my love for the ocean surfing, I think was also a very spiritual tool for me, even though I didn't consciously know it at the time, but it was my way to get a, just completely get away and disconnect from everything that was going on in my life growing up. And then as well, as it's carried me through adulthood of just being able to get away from the groups of friends sitting on the beach. So it wasn't anything wrong with them. I've always loved all of my friends, but maybe just needing to get away from the chatter and the drama Mm -hmm. and constantly talking about people where I don't enjoy talking about people. It makes me really, really uncomfortable. Whereas I could go into the ocean, be alone, feel the waves, connect with mother nature, even just meet different people who didn't know me at all. And we didn't have anything to talk about except for how grateful we were to be out there. Um, so nature was always a big part of my spiritual awakening and my journey. And then it really carried on through, through my early twenties in terms of, I started noticing that when I would focus really, really hard on something, it seemed as if it would magically appear in my life. And I would look back and think, wow, that was so cool. When I think about it, I actually focused on that for like four months and then it seemed to magically happen. And then as I started learning and reading different books and theories and understanding the art of manifestation and the power of our minds, it kind of was like all these little light bulbs started going off that I became innately obsessed with in -hmm. a very positive, healthy way. Just that it was finally resonating with me. And in college too, I also got away from my hometown. I grew up on the coast of North Carolina. Nothing wrong with it, but most those in the Carolinas are very, they love, love the home state, the home schools. I chose to go to college in Florida. For me, college wasn't really, I wasn't completely, I was looking at it from an educational standpoint, but Mm -hmm. it was also for me a way to get away. I didn't apply to any colleges in my home state because I had no interest in staying in North Carolina. It's like, I need to get out and find my people. Everyone there was so confused. They thought I didn't get into any Carolina schools was why I had to like get out as almost like the reject who didn't get in anywhere. I very easily could have gotten into those schools. I just wanted to go elsewhere. So upon landing in Florida at Flagler in St. Augustine, Florida, which is a very historical and spiritual city in and of itself, just with all the old history and 
ghosts and spirits and all the fun things that Mm -hmm. live there, finally found that sense of connection of my people grounding. It was like everything I'd been searching for my whole life finally clicked. And it was like, okay, no wonder I didn't fully drive with everyone in my hometown or in high school or anything like that, because like, these are my people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, kind of like a little bit all over the place there. But I think with a lot of our journeys, it takes awareness of kind of looking back and like piecing all the pieces together to kind of see where it all, how it started. But it really elevated and kicked off when I was living in New York City. I spent a couple years up there, working up there. And that's when I actually first learned about the secret, the law of attraction was kind of what opened me up. And then it just was like an upward spiral from there of Mm -hmm. learning about all the spiritual teachers and everything. Yeah. I think the secret and law of attraction is like the gateway into spirituality. I completely think it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I was on a zoom call last night with a virtual book club group and somebody mentioned it. And it was one of those things where when they mentioned it, it felt, um, almost kind of passe to me. But then I had to remember that we all start our spiritual journeys in some area. And when I first learned about it, I mean, my mind was blown. It was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard. So even though six years later, someone's mentioning it and just learning about it doesn't discredit any of its value because we all kind of start our journeys at different periods of time. Yeah, exactly. And I really feel like because like with my spiritual learning too, it's like we start or I started like with manifestation and like law of attraction and I watched the secret and then I got gifted the book and all these things. Um, and just cause I don't resonate as strongly with like all of those sources now, um, just like the, like I resonate with manifestation, but not so much like that's what spirituality is like all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Um, it still is a beautiful way to get into spirituality and like start expanding your mind to new ideas and theories and opportunities. Absolutely. Definitely. And it's still fun to practice and implement while it's not the end all be all for sure. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I totally agree with that. So what was your time in New York like, and then transitioning to leave New York? So New York was Absolutely amazing. I think everyone in their 20s should attempt to live in the city. It teaches you so much about yourself, other people, cultures. I mean, you just get thrown in and it's literally, quote unquote, only the strong survive. But I think it's really just you can survive it as for the amount of time that your soul is willing to endure the pace of the city. And for some Mm -hmm. people that might only be a month and there's nothing wrong with that. It might be a couple years. It might be your entire life or whatever that is. But I was never somebody who growing up was like, oh, I'm going to go move to New York City. I actually would have thought I would have lived in California by now. And right before I moved to New York, four months before that had been offered a job to go move out to LA, move to California. I accepted the job and then maybe four days later, woke up in the middle of the night with this intuitive calling that I can't go. It's not the right thing to do. No explanation, just do not do it. Um, So I honored that voice and that kind of goes into 
the beginning, the true beginning of my spiritual journey, but I honored that voice. And then three months later was offered a job to come up and work in New York city for a group that I had met during an internship back in college. Hadn't heard from them in a couple of years. This is where the manifestation element kind of comes in Mm -hmm. because upon meeting them years prior, I was obsessed with them and was like, I finally, there's these people understand my pace. They are fast workers. This whole corporate world seemed very glamorous and exciting and kind of, um, I think, yeah, kind of like lost connection with them as naturally you would with a 20 year old interning with a group of corporate people. It's not like you're going (laughs) to become too close to friends, but I accepted the job from them and then moved up to New York city. I actually had two weeks to move. It happened to land over the holidays, transitioning from Christmas into the new year. So kind of symbolic there, but I got rid of my house, got rid of my car, pretty much everything and moved to New York city with two suitcases And with the pretty much the world underneath my feet, I was very ambitious, very driven. I remember telling people in dead seriousness that I was going to become top CMO of a corporate company one day and they would all laugh at me. But for me, it was not even a moment of laughter because I was that dead serious about that goal. Um, And I definitely could have achieved that. But my time in New York taught me a lot about myself and relationships and what I really wanted out of my own life. I had always kind of said that I was split down the middle in terms of someone who could go live the city life and be the single corporate woman in a business suit, making millions of dollars, having the penthouse apartment, living that whole side of things. Mm -hmm. Or I would be the girl living on a random island down in Central America or the Caribbean, working as a bartender and on a sailboat and just living this magical island life. It was literally like a split split. personality. I was like, those are completely different. (laughs) Completely different. And I really think that that goes into a lot of what the ego has to kind of come into play of acting off of, my ambition, my drive, high desires, everything like that, which none of those are negative by any means. But in New York, I learned a lot about myself and learned that that one side of me was definitely not me. Um, That might've been me. Well, I actually do know that I was a queen in another lifetime. So I think some of those glamour, prestige, be number one. I was also, my South Node is a Leo. So I was... Leo previously, which is the leader of the pack and everything like that. So I definitely think that I had a lot of those elements coming out of me in this lifetime. And then I also just watched everybody up there just kind of didn't seem to have just the most, just like the best agenda involved in that a lot of women, it was easier for them to be at work and to let the nannies fully raise their children. Whereas I just want to have a full hold in everything with my family. Um, It'd be amazing if you need the help to have a nanny, but I don't see any reason why I shouldn't be the primary one raising my children. So I didn't align with that. I loved the party scene of New York as much as I love the corporate culture. I got to go to a lot of very, very glamorous events and dinners and truly live the whole high vibe New York City lifestyle. 
But at the same time, that's not truly innately who I was. And I could feel my soul calling out to me. And that adventurous side of my personality really came out in New York as well through the work hard, play hard, partied all the time, did lots of drugs, um, had already been experimenting in that capacity, just Mm -hmm. always have, um, yeah, just kind of a very, very curious person. I'm definitely the try everything once person, but there were certain drugs in New York city that I think was using them a little too often. And there wasn't any form of like a severe addiction or anything that took place there. But I did hit a point where just kind of looked back at my life and I was like, had that kind of outer body, um, viewpoint of looking down on myself and thinking like, what are you really doing? Is this really who you are? Is this a sustainable lifestyle and culture? And as much fun as it is, the things that you're consuming in your body, maybe a little more often than not is kind of, um, just the swing pattern of needing to make a change. And on top of that, I actually took a trip down to a surf trip with my, one of my New York roommates at the time. And we went to the beach and we spent, I think we're supposed to spend a week down there and we ended up extending our trip for a little over 10 days and being back in the sun around nature, water, it just suddenly gave me this like huge blast of who I was I think every night I like stayed up just staring at the stars, just in complete awe of (laughs) all of this. Um, That really just made so much sense to me at the time. So that was what that trip really then uh, six months after that, I ended up moving back to Florida from New York. So it really kind of spurred that movement. Yeah, of course. So there's there's two things that stuck up to me that I want to talk about. So the first one is when you had that knowing of like not taking the job in California and trusting that, how was that for you? Like knowing to trust it? Like, was that something that you've experienced before or did it feel a certain way? Because I feel like sometimes people don't know how to trust that part of themselves. So I'm just curious of how you were able to trust that part of yourself. Totally. I had... Looking back on it, it's hard to remember if I had certain situations like that that were similar in trusting that knowing. I think if I were able to reverse back eight years, I could probably better pinpoint other situations. And I think there definitely were glimpses along the way. But for me, when I got that message and that knowing, it was unlike most thoughts and things. It was this weird sense of calmness and there was no like confused energy in the words. It was just this very blanket, still calm, serene verbiage of you are not supposed to do this. Don't take the job. Don't make that move. And in order to trust that knowing you have to get quiet with yourself you really have to. I was in a stage where I was definitely taking care of myself. I had all my routines, exercising, eating properly, was just in a very positive place. So I do believe that that has has a lot to do with it as well. We get a lot of messages and things from our higher powers or our inner knowings or whomever you want to call them in those places of stillness. But the big difference was just the full body 
stillness and calmness that it really wasn't, it wasn't anything to question it. Granted, Mm -hmm. I did. I'm not going to say that (laughs) the mind didn't jump in there to try to make me question it, but it was like, I just held the still, still grounding sense in it that I was able to talk myself out of trying to question it. Yeah. That's really powerful too, because there's been times where like I knew something and then I questioned it and then I let the questioning play into my head and then I got inside of my head and then I like didn't follow through with what I initially was going to do. And then like a few months later, I would actually like follow through with it um, because it was like meant to be. So how did that questioning process go for you? Um, In in terms of me, like second guessing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it was tough in the sense that it wasn't as much me. So, I mean, it was more that morning of like, Whoa, what was that? Mm -hmm. And then I, I wasn't meditating at the time and I wasn't really deep into prayer or anything like that. It was just kind of me sitting with myself. I remember actually looking in the mirror and kind of locking, locking my eyes at that point when I was like, what am, what am I like, you know, what is this? And it was just that, again, that full body, just stillness of this is what you need to do. And it was kind of holding my eyes and feeling that safe space and that comfort of it's okay. We've got this. Everything is going to be okay. This is the decision. And I was like, okay, perfect. No problem. And then it went down. Well, now I need to go um, retract my offer from a big time employer mm-hmm. and connection of mine that I was actually kind of seeking out at the time and try to give them some sense of an explanation as to why I'm not taking the job without being able to explain it. I had already told my employer at the time that I had, sorry, I forgot to mention this earlier, had already told my employer at the time that I had accepted the job and that I would be leaving. So I had to go explain to him the switch there. And then I had to go explain it to my parents. And that's when I would say all of the big, like second guessing thoughts totally came in and having to then explain it to other people, I think is so hard. Yeah, it is. It's that, I think that's really key thing. Like when you say it to someone else and second guessing comes up, because I feel like a lot of the time I know things for myself. I know where I stand, what I want to do, but then it's like when you verbalize it to someone else, like the opinions they have or the opinions you think they'll have or their judgments or the way that they react to it can start to shift your knowing and being like, wait, is this like really a good decision for myself? Like if they're hesitant about it or they're like, are you sure you want to do that? Then you're like, oh, am I sure I want, (laughs) am I sure? Like, I don't, I don't know. And I think it takes like a practice of continuously like trusting yourself to like confidently tell other people. But I feel like the first like handfuls of time and even after like you do it a million times, I'm sure there's still more times where it's like, I don't know. Like, am I sure? Like, do you know it better than I do? It's so hard Mm -hmm. and it's so scary too. It's terrifying. Even to this very day, I get set on, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is the right thing to do. Everyone, everyone, meaning my spirit guides and all are cheering me on and telling me to do Mm -hmm. this. And then I try to walk outside my house and confront someone about what I'm doing. And it's like, you, I just go into this turtle shell and you become so scared to actually do it. So yeah, it takes a lot of power to 
act on it. And I think that only comes with practice and time. And then also trust as well. Just when you are ready to surrender into that knowing and into your higher power and your guides and just giving ultimate trust in that they have your back. The universe is working in beautiful motion with you. Nobody's working against you and that you are just, you are in alignment and living, living into your true purpose in this lifetime and that all situations are only coming to us in this lifetime. So that way our soul can grow and expand. As yeah, well. totally. Yeah. I see exactly what you're saying. And then also before I forget, the other question I had was, was, so when you were transitioning out of like wanting to leave New York, was your energy at the end of that showing up differently? And then when you went on that trip and were away from New York, how did your energy show up in comparison? Hmm. Definitely. So prior to going on that trip, my, oh, what is the right verbiage to describe my energy? It was not me. I was, I had actually, this is a great way to describe it. I had completely lost my sense of compassion for other human beings. I was in, this is my world, or this is the world of the company's credit card that stands in, sits in my hand and I don't care who you are definitely had very um was living just wasn't viewing all human beings on an equal platter and mm -hmm. I understand how the ego and certain situations can take that over I definitely think that the noise of the city was also getting to my soul, not that I was consciously aware of it at the time, but could just tell that I wasn't acting in myself. I was rude, wanted things done before I even asked for them to be done, um, wouldn't smile or say hello to people, wasn't, oh, what's the word? It wasn't like I was like, malicious or stealing things or doing anything in that regard. It just, I wasn't, um, living, I wasn't emitting positive energy out yeah, to yeah. those around me. You were like living a different like life than you were before. I like, that's such a weird way to describe it, but like yes. you were, you showed up as someone else that you didn't like exactly. before. Yes. And that's not to also be said that I wasn't having fun because I was mm -hmm. having so much fun and fully loving everything and my relationships at the time and everything like that it was such an enjoyable experience. I just, yeah, was embodying something different. And I think some of my actions as well was the agitation inside of me coming out. Like I kind of, we said earlier how your emotions and feelings, if you don't release them somehow, they will bottle up in other ways. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was very much a part of it. And I also, I was barely sleeping. I was so caffeinated and hyped up on other things to get through. I was working out all the time, which there's nothing wrong with that except that I wasn't giving my body the ability to rest and was just go, go, go. And everything was like, please, please slow down. I actually remember I would go into a couple yoga classes in the city and I would get on my mat and like just start crying 
just like silent tears would start falling down my, down my face. And I could never figure out what was wrong with me. I was just like, why do I come to yoga and just start crying? Like what is wrong with me? But it's like that final break that like you're giving your body and your soul and your mind. And it's just releasing all of that energy. Exactly. Yeah. And quiet and peaceful and smells good in the studio. So yeah, very, very yeah. funny. But then when I took that, sh- that trip, I saw a huge shift in my energy and that I got a taste of who I truly was. And that wasn't the intention behind the trip. The intention was let's get out of the city, go somewhere fun and tropical and have a great time. It was, um, right before winter, I think it was in November when we went. So right before winter up there, which is, you know, it gets quite mm-hmm. chilly in the Northeast. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Super <laughs> <And> cold. <laughs> yeah. Very, very cold. And then that trip just really shifted everything for me. It gave me the sense of who I was again. And I remember even returning back to the city and women in my office were like, Oh, that's so cool. You went and surfed like we didn't know you surfed like did you have to take lessons and I was like no and then it was this weird like like they would use the reference oh that's so Cameron Diaz of you and in my head I was like what the fuck no this is who I am like this is who I am like don't compare me to a like you know not that I love Cameron Diaz I think she's beautiful but it was just the reference because she did some movie where she tried surfing um and for me I was like no this has nothing to do with that this is who I really am yeah it's so, and, sorry. It's so funny that, um, though like people have like certain impressions of us. Yes. And then when you do something that you know to be like true, but other people haven't seen before, they're like, who are you? Like, what are you doing? Exactly. And what's so interesting when you say that as well, is that when I had first moved to New York and had started there, I still was that person before, but then I had molded to fit the mold, to fit the part into this other individual. Cause I remember when I first started, I had gone to, I think I mentioned this before Flagler college in Mm -hmm. St. Augustine, Florida, which is a little liberal arts school. And I'll never forget the first day of my job. Everyone, first of all, they were trying to figure out where I came from as well and how I got this position. Typically you would start as an assistant at the company and move up where I has, I had gotten a pretty highly desired position at the time. But when asking me where I went to school and I said Flagler, everyone was expecting me to say more of one of the bigger Northeastern schools or a highly regarded private school or Ivy league school up there. And everyone was like, what, like, where is that? I was like, Oh, St. Augustine, Florida for me, it was so normal. And it was just like the eyes in the room of like, where did this person come from? (laughs) Like you are from another planet. So then I molded and then I then started glimpsing, getting glimpses back of that true person of who I was. And I also think too, um, at the time music was also a big component of my spiritual journey and tapping back into my soul as well in terms of just loving going to clubs, going to bars and restaurants, um, deep house music, chill house, not EDM or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, really strong house music is something I love. And also for me, just opens up different areas of the brain and the arts. And I think kind of helps to 
center and ground you, um, whatever your musical preference is, that's just mine. But that, that love for music was also something that kind of started giving me those glimmers of who I was and also kind of started making that shift. Yeah, totally. Cause, and that's like the thing with spirituality is there's so many ways to get in tune with your spiritual side through like there's just so many ways in general like music and then it could be just like watching certain like shows that like really resonate with you like journaling it doesn't have to be just like meditation manifestation breath work all those things so I like that you bring up that music was a part of it because I feel like so many people might dismiss the fact that like certain music or certain like tv shows or something like make them feel a certain way and in that instant it is like a spiritual moment 100 percent. am I allowed to talk about drugs on here yeah that's fine okay um (laughs) so with that as well so when I was in the city I was doing a lot of cocaine and things like that that Mm -hmm. were not not true to my soul and who I am and if you choose to do that completely fine I just don't view that as a soul enhancing um form of medicine however psychedelics and everything like that I believe to be true medicine and carry so much power so within that love for music taking the prettier drugs as I call them was also something that was kind of opening up my mind and giving the same way really when being in meditation or doing something that you truly love it's all the same feelings it's just you have more visuals, more heightened experiences. And again, just kind of ground back into who you are and what lights you up. And I think as well, when you're taking certain medicines, things that don't align with you, whether it's certain sounds or conversations, it's like you get this pool of wanting to immediately separate yourself. And I think it's such a beautiful realization of understanding what you truly enjoy and what you don't enjoy. Whereas with a normal conscious brain, we don't have that ability. But when you are on certain drugs and things, it just, it's one way or the other. And your mind can't cope with something that doesn't sound enjoyable to you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I see exactly what you're saying. Cause even like for me, just like with marijuana, I've had experiences where it's too much for me. Like my body for me personally, like I can't, I have anxiety when it happens. And then Mm -hmm. it really is like, I have to be warm and I have to have like, I can't like watch. So I know some people who can watch like scary things and I cannot watch, (laughs) I cannot do that. (laughs) Like I have to be really comfortable. I have to be in the place I'm like, I feel my best. I have to be around people I feel comfortable with. I can't be in like a different area. And that's just for me. I mean, and I don't even really do anything anymore just because I am very sensitive to Mm -hmm. everything around me already so I feel like it just like amplifies it so I kind of just like don't do any of that (laughs) which is um, so smart too to lean into that and accept that yeah because I do the same thing with alcohol too it's like I'll drink occasionally maybe like one or two times a year like tops but I know I don't feel my best like when I am and I'd rather feel my best and for such a long time, I felt like like awkward, I guess, when I would say no to like 
friends or like social gatherings, parties. And I'd be like, no, I'm fine. Cause everyone would always be like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like whatever. And it's like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm chill. I'm fine. Like I'm fine being completely sober. Like I will be DD. I'll, I'll watch after y'all, but like, I'm fine <laughs> the way I am. <laughs> I love that. And it's so important to, to be comfortable doing that as hard as it is, because really we should never, especially when it comes to alcohol and things that is so detrimental to our brains and just our beings to partake in something because you think you should, it just breaks mm-hmm. my heart. And like, I've been there too. I mean, I've definitely, I barely drink at all anymore and I love it. I have actually been for probably the last like two and a half years, the word sober has been popping up for me so much. And I kind of removed a lot of substances from my life, but was still drinking. And I was like, this doesn't feel aligned. Like, why would I remove a plant that mother nature makes for a very good reason, yet I'm still consuming this man-made alcohol. But Mm -hmm. long story short, this beginning of this year in January, stopped drinking and didn't drink at all except for I think two occasions. And that was like a sip of champagne or so. And then as of recently was playing around to notice the difference. Like I said, I'm a very curious person. So I'm kind of always doing experiments with myself, but had brought some alcohol back into my life. And the effects on me were the craziest thing. I mean, my body, when I would try to go to sleep, would almost like overheat. Like I would Mm. get so hot. I would have this racing heart. I'd be filled with so much anxiety days later. And at first I was thinking it was the alcohol, but I was like, like I started second guessing it, even though I knew again, knowing 1000% what it was. And yeah, it was just so interesting. And I was like, okay, perfect. As if I needed more proof, like this is completely gone from my life and Mm -hmm. I don't find any need to really drink at all ever. Yeah. The the last time I did anything with marijuana, I had a full blown anxiety attack for like five hours. I could like feel myself shaking. I was underneath blankets. I was like overheating, but I was also like, if I was under the blankets, I was, or not under the blankets, I was too cold. And then I was shaking and I had to keep getting up because I felt like I was going to throw up. And it was just like, it felt like I knew that it was going to happen when I did it. I knew it was going to happen, but I was like, no, it'll be fine. Like, I'll be fine. I can do what everyone else does. Like it's chill. And it wasn't. And that's like the last time I ever did like anything. Cause I was like, okay, well my body does not want me to do this. Like it's literally feels like it's rejecting what's going on. So I need to just honor that, honor myself. And even the last time I drank, I, I don't drink that often and I just got so sick the next day. And it wasn't like I was Mm. like blackout drunk the night before or anything, but my body the next day, like I couldn't even do yoga because I felt like I was going to throw up. And that's when I was like, I need to just not do anything and just honor that and be okay with that. And I don't have to do things because other people want me to, or because it's a social situation. Because so many times I think people just do things because it's like, oh, well, it's just the energy. Like everyone wants to like do this. It's a party. I'm supposed to, but it's like, no, if you don't want to like honor that, you don't have to do something just because someone else wants you to, or because they're doing it. Exactly. I would even find that I would have guilt with other people. Like, oh gosh, Mm -hmm she's going to want to drink or she just ordered a drink. So, okay, I'm going to have a drink then simply because I don't want her to drink alone. 
Yeah. And like, that's so stupid. If I don't yeah. want one, I shouldn't be getting one. Exactly. And who cares? Why am I feeling bad for them? They're living their own life that really has zero effect on me. Mm-hmm. But and it there's... goes back to that having lots of feelings. <laughs> for yeah. I, cause I've been in the same thing. It took me so long. Like I, one time I went bar hopping with a bunch of friends and I like, was not drinking that much. Cause I was like, I don't want to, <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to. And then we got to like the last place and they were all like, have shots, do this, do that. And I knew the bartender and I was just like, I don't want to. And he was like, she's fine. <laughs> she like, I'm not going to pour it. And like, wouldn't pour me anything, even if they were all like, no, do it. Because I was like, I don't want to, like, I don't, I don't enjoy yeah. it. It's not a part of who I am. And that's fine. Like some people like like to like have a glass of wine at night. Some people just like don't like to do anything. And like that's fine. Exactly. So, yeah. So I do want to talk about all of these projects that you have, all these businesses that you yeah. have going on. So I know that you transitioned from one to another, um, that it's changing. And then you're also a part of Daffy. So do you want to talk about like everything that you're kind of doing, like wherever you feel like you want to start, start, and then we can just transition into each one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So first of all, for anybody listening, it probably sounds like I have a million things going on right now. And (laughs) just hyped you up hard. (laughs) Yeah. How can I be organized? Am I sleeping at night? How do I have time for anything else? (laughs) Well, that comes with a lot of practice and balance. And I... Before I actually, so my day job, as I kind of call it, is my digital marketing company, which was my very first company that was constructed. Being an entrepreneur is something I always wanted to do, but I never listened to it. It was not the safest quote unquote thing to do. Having a job for another company is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yes. The Mm -hmm. normal. Exactly. You'll have a salary that comes every other week or once a month or whatever it is. And you have benefits. Yeah. Not risky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's like a not, there's no uncertainty with what will happen for the most part. Yeah. That's what I'm experiencing now. Continue. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 100%. Whereas owning your own business, as any entrepreneur will know or will quickly learn, is it is all uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially the last few months as we've learned with COVID, which with dealing with COVID is actually the first time I haven't taken a fully liberal stance on the issue. Just because being a small business owner, I I think it was Dave Portney with Barstool Sports something my husband was listening to, not, not the usual <laughs> cup of tea, but he, I thought it was interesting. He was saying that with how he built up Barstool, it's taken him like 10 years or so. And had COVID hit him four or five years earlier, it would have completely destroyed his business. And that he was saying how it's so unfair to keep small businesses out of the chance of making money and continuing their businesses where they've worked so hard for them. And how he was like, I would rather get COVID and die, then have to go back and work for somebody else. And I completely Mm -hmm. agree. Maybe I don't agree. I completely resonate with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can see that. I can like, even for me, um, I can resonate just with like the concept of it, like working for someone else doesn't fulfill me as much as I've done for myself during this time period. Exactly. 100%. But with that, you can lose clients at any moment, you can Mm -hmm. start out. And I started my business without any backing. 
I had quit my job with a previous employer that I was pretty much my closest to hitting burnout and all of that needed to happen to get me to where I am today. But with that, started my own business, didn't have parents' money or an investor money or anybody's money. I simply had the few dollars that I was holding on to with my last paycheck for my employer and then went out to suddenly try to find clients. And I was, I could say I was very lucky the first couple months in that I had a handful of clients that quickly came to me, but I don't believe that that was luck. I believe that was simply the universe working with me and congratulating me on finally doing what I have been wanting to do for a really long time and honoring that decision and where I was in my life. Um, especially because I actually don't work with two of those clients. I still work with to this day, but nobody else I do. So again, just kind of those little checkpoints that I was doing the right thing. And I was really good at marketing. I had worked through the event industry, corporate marketing, sporting events, PR communications, really all facets of it. So something that it was learned skills that had come natural to me at that time. I enjoyed helping people. So I kind of pushed that towards helping businesses grow their own businesses. And then with my nonprofit clients, obviously it's nonprofits, um, working back, working, giving back to causes and everything like that, that is just super meaningful and everything. However, two, a year and a half into business, my husband, while I was actually, I was on a work trip in Japan for another client. And from Japan, I decided to take a solo trip to Bali to kind of disconnect, um, take time myself, take a vacation, etc. I had earned it at that point. It was so great. All of my money I had made my own. So it was a big, just a really big achievement of, wow, this is amazing. New, very, very new in business. And then now I'm going, not only going to Japan for work, but now I get to go take a trip to Bali by myself. This is great. Yeah. So it's really empowering too. So empowering. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then upon landing in Bali, I felt the most unsettled that I've ever felt in my life. I couldn't relax. I enjoyed Bali on a surface level, but I didn't enjoy Bali on a deep down level because I just couldn't get myself to relax. I actually worked with an energy healer on my third day there, um, which was amazing. It really, really helped. And then later that evening, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, called me because he was going into being rushed to the hospital. But he was like, but everything's fine. Don't worry. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Everything's fine. Like trying to kind of process what's going on. And then um, a few hours after that, he was put into neuro ICU. And I had to immediately try to fly home, figure out how to get back to the States. I think I traveled for 40 hours round trip, maybe. Um, Not knowing what was going on either, because you get on a plane, you don't have service, you're overseas for seven hours would land trying to call him. He's not answering because of the time difference or he's having tests done and just all the things. What was was, that time period for you? Like those 40 hours? Uh, awful. Yeah. Yeah. It was all the emotions, 
while trying, I'm a very rational person. So I wasn't spinning. Like, it's not like I was hyperventilating for 40 hours. I went from shocked, scared, sad. I definitely cried, but more just like silent tears. Mm -hmm. I envisioned what would happen if my husband's life, if he was no longer living, I went through those visuals. I, whenever I fly on airplanes, I like to think that I'm in a higher realm and I'm better able to get in touch with spirits and things like that. It's just something every time I'm on an airplane, I just always think, okay, cool. I'm on the same level now (laughs) as more of us. Um, So I definitely did a lot of just kind of like talking out loud, but I wasn't talking out loud on an airplane. So talking in my head and just kind of speaking for help. And then also just a sense of grounding that I cannot control this situation. It's completely out of my control. So whatever is happening or is about to happen is going to happen. And I just have to roll with it. And I contributed that a lot to the fact that I had just had that energy work session done because we released a lot. I was so drained from it. Um, We really pushed a lot through, but it also connected with me as well on those flights home that of course I didn't feel settled in Bali. It was as if there was a bigger shift at place that knew that I wasn't going to stay in Bali for the two weeks that I planned. And it was like, you we're not going to give you the opportunity to like plant your feet because of course I would love it so much because like you're about to have something else so much differently going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and then got to the States got to the hospital where, so my husband, he has been, he was diagnosed with a severe chronic illness, um, part immune deficiency, autoimmune disease, and then severe aplastic anemia, which is a bone marrow condition, bone marrow disease, where your body basically just stops reproducing bone marrow. And so leukemia, it's on the same realm as leukemia, except leukemia has the bad guy cancer cells that take over the bones and fill where the bone marrow, they deplete the bone marrow and then fill it with the bad guys. Aplastic anemia is not just an iron deficiency where you need to go eat more spinach. It is where your body actually stops reproducing everything. So you're basically an empty water bottle, um, more or less. Yeah. That's so crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Crazy. So that spurred with that, he also has a lot of different, um, any medical people listening can listen to me butcher these, butcher these words, but basically he has a lot, his levels are not all in sync in that he has very strange antibodies in his blood. Um, he's pretty much, he's really a, the most unique case that the doctors have ever seen. There's not, we learned a few months ago, his doctor did admit to us that yes, you are completely an anomaly in all facets, which not very comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, so they tried four different treatment plans on him. Eventually they did get something to stick, but it was all heavy, heavy medications, prescriptions. He, not until right before our wedding, which was this past November, 2019, I think it was that summer, I finally got a glimpse of who, who he used to be. Um, 
but the medications just took complete turmoil on his body, his brain. And it was one of those things that it was like, these are going to kill you faster than anything ever will. And I've always been really, really interested in holistic health, nutrition, herbs, everything like that. And that really spurred my movement of trying to look for other options. Um, In all of that time, anything that I would find, I wouldn't be able to heal him until he was ready to heal himself. So there was a lot, lot of research, a lot that I did, a lot of different frustrations as well of like, why am I giving you all these tools yet? It's so hard for you to implement them. But his own journey, also Mm -hmm. only natural for me. I can't beat myself up about that because I was going through my own journey and had never dealt with anything like this before at such a young age too. Um, I was 27. Yeah, 27 when it all first went down. So we all only react the best that we can in situations. But with that, it really fueled my passion for holistic health. The medical medium was just trying to surface at that time. So understanding the power of plants and all of these just crazy stories of people healing themselves, the Gerson therapy, the way that plants eating a plant-based diet can actually cure cancers and different treatments and all of these things. So long story short, that spurred my passion. Um, I also have never been so innately interested in something before and that I could just spend hours researching about herbs and food combinations and the brain and mental health and just all these different facets of life. And then understanding what stress does to the body and looking at the different sectors of career and relationships and just all the different realms was brought to my eyes so strongly that I then was like, wow, I wonder if there's got to be other people like my husband out there. There's other people who also need need help. I learned a lot about my health at the time and everything like that. So it really just spurred this underlying passion for health and wellness, um, which is why I have decided this year to completely act on that passion. For a moment, I thought I was going to just take my marketing company and focus on only marketing for health and wellness companies and alternative medicine practitioners, um, functional medicine, everything like that until earlier this year upon creating space for myself, realized that I wasn't interested. Well, I would love to always am a cheerleader for businesses growing and everything like that, but I wasn't interested in on a daily basis, continue being the person doing that and that I wanted to actually be out there healing and helping people and coaching people and everything like that. So that is my new company that I am working on. Um, it is very, we are growing legs. I'll say that I'm not fully, fully convinced on where she is and kind of how she'll mold out to be. But the only thing I can say is that upon deciding to take this route, even though it was very, very scary to make a career change because in my exploration of life, in my exploration throughout my twenties, I was not always changing jobs, but I had a lot of job changes. 
And I had had an employer say to me, you know, you never want to be a job hopper. Nobody's going to like a job hopper. And, oh, these millennials are constantly changing jobs. And I think my parents said a similar dialogue to me, only natural. Parents only want the best for their kids. Mm -hmm. So, And those words were always in my head, which is why I was like, oh, I'll just do marketing for health and wellness companies. Yeah, it's it's a a dialogue that appears a lot, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I used to say that to myself, like, that's why I stayed at like one job for so long. Cause I was like, you're jumping around too much, like stay steady. Like that's what you're supposed so, to do. It's so limiting too. Mm-hmm. It's so it is. Limiting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to shift shift, you have to be open to the shifts to keep shifting. I feel like, like, otherwise you might stay stagnant for way longer than you really want to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally. But yeah, I finally was able to, again, just that inner knowing of no, fuck everything. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what, like I put it together with when I fell in love, it was like, everything became effortless. I had that knowing of, holy shit, this is my person. Even before I fell in love, right. When I met Dan, my husband, I had this weird voice in my head that was like, marriage question mark and I remember I was like what like you were crazy definitely not was not looking for that at the time um and then sure enough I was like okay you're right yes. you're right yeah yeah <laughs> I'll believe you <laughs> exactly and then in this career change of um looking to become a health coach of some type for lack of a better word it's that same feeling where this feels effortless I've been taking courses lately. Oh, with um, IIN, who you mm-hmm. did as well previously. Yes. And those courses, I'm like, man, if I would have had this type of information in college, college would have been so much easier and wouldn't have had to st- have 24-hour days of not sleeping and studying all the time because it just resonates so deeply with me, which is why I also know that this is the career path that I'm supposed to go on. Yeah. And it's that inner knowing. It's trusting that inner knowing too, that we talked about earlier of, and like the energy attached to this knowing is like, if this is right, this is the right direction for me. So with this pivot, um, are you still kind of like nervous about the future of what it's going to be? Or do you feel like more like strong in your decision? I am, I feel so strong and confident in my decision yet I am more nervous than I think I've ever been. And that is so good and healthy for me because that to me is a signal that I am doing the right thing and that it's a healthy sense of nervousness of I'm so excited to take this leap, yet I have no idea what it's going to bring. I also know how to sell my services to businesses in terms of working with businesses, but now making more of a shift to individuals and having to, you have to spin a lot more of that personal story and get people mm-hmm. to really trust you because yes. in working, as you know, um, if you don't trust the person, you're not going to open up to them and you're not mm-hmm. going to pay them for their teachings and everything like that. So in that respect, yes, a million more times nervous, but also not because I have such faith in what I'm doing and where I'm going. Yeah. I'm in the same boat, I would say, because it's like I'm nervous about like launching and like starting my own business and everything. But at the same time, I'm so sure in it and I feel so 
grounded in my decision where I'm not like, like I'm nervous, but I'm not that nervous. And that's like the best way I can describe it. It's like, (laughs) I'm still nervous, like making investments and doing all of the stuff to create a business and making all these decisions. Like they're, they can be terrifying. Like they can be really nervous, but at the same time, it's like, I'm so confident in my decision to do this, that that doesn't phase me anymore where it would have before. And, um, exactly. And I wanted to also, so tell me about Daffy and how this is going to go along with like you having your own. And then you also have a partner with Daffy. Yes. So Daffy is a woman's service to help women learn and manage their self-care sustainability. And Daffy stands for do a favor for yourself, which is the brainchild from one of my closest friends, Chelsea. She is my partner in it. She hit rock bottom pretty much around the same time that I did just we all carry different size tanks. Um, and I don't compare, but if I was to make a comparison, her rock bottom was very, very, very different than mine, but Mm -hmm. same emotions were felt nonetheless, but hers really spurred the idea behind Daffy. And then she came to me asking if I would be interested in partnering with her on it, which I absolutely was because I love helping people. And through Daffy really gave me the confidence to make this shift with my own business as well. We both had always loved public speaking um, with Daffy. So Daffy first started out as in-person events, first in the Atlanta area where she lives as monthly monthly events for women that had a three-part sequence to them. So you would start out the event with movement, you would then go into a keynote speaker, and you would then have a creative element at the end, along with different self-care type vendors, healthy snacks, and things like that um, for women to get away and do something good for themselves. And then also learn, really just learn how to better manage themselves through all walks of life and understanding that self-care is not necessarily going and getting a massage on a Wednesday night. Although if you need that, by all means go do it. But self-care is diving in and doing that dirty work and figuring out all those dark parts about yourself. I love that. Yeah. To be really your lightest and brightest version of you, which is so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, as you know, it's, it's hard to just even take the courage to want to start exploring and make the change. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So how empowering to have this business with your partner, Chelsea, and help other women go through this process too, because I feel like when you're doing it alone, it can be a lot more terrifying than if you're doing it with a group of like like like-minded women who are also going through their own shit like their own day-to-day life and just to have a group to like fall back on or talk to or just to have support in general is really empowering and it helps you heal and go through the motions of taking you know the self-care that you're describing way more seriously 100 percent. and I think too just like when listening to podcasts and you hear someone tell a story that resonates with you and it's like oh I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. The power of walking into a room on a Saturday, knowing that you're here to hopefully make a shift in your life and then see 
20 other women, five women, whatever the number is, who are equally there to do the same work also kind of takes that pressure off. And it's like, okay, I'm not the only one. Everyone in here needs the help or is looking to make a shift in some way. And it's just so beautiful, the teamwork and the energy that then comes out of that. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And like the energy in that room must be so crazy to experience. It is. And it's interesting too, because it's also equally healing for the two of us going through Daffy and setting up these events for women. Sometimes we've hosted a panel on the stage, other times just an individual keynote speaker and things like that. But for us also helping these women do the work, but then equally challenging ourselves to show up for those women on those days. And we definitely had moments where life wasn't in the perfect place for us to show up for those women, yet we still, we did it. We made an impact for them. And then we equally learned something about each other as well, which was really, really cool. And doing it also same for the women to work with a group of people, working with one of your close friends or just a partner in general on a business has been a completely different experience for me and has helped me not try to do everything on my own and understand the power of asking for help and leaning on others when you need it and how much further you get when you're vulnerable and when you actually ask for that assistance. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because when like for me now, when doing everything by myself, like it can be really overwhelming and I won't always ask for help from others or support from others. But when you have someone that you know you can lean on and ask for support or help, it really, I feel like it would just really help you also like take care of yourself and not just like lay all this work onto you, if that makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. 100%. It like keeps stress, uh, stripping away that pressure and those fears and everything like that. And Daffy then with my new health and wellness coaching business that I'll be turning to here shortly helped really open up and just give me the confidence to explore that because I was able to kind of dip my toe with Daffy in seeing the benefits of our work and those benefits being helping others and watching them grow through the process that it was like, okay, this is my calling. This is definitely something I need to be Mm -hmm. doing. And I believe too, that I will then be able to give back to Daffy and that project so much more while my strengths in the marketing world have helped. And I will always have those strengths, which will definitely help help with all aspects of business, but being able to go through different courses and better understand how I'm serving individuals will then be able to help me serve the women through Daffy and create new programs and content for them and everything. Yeah, hundred percent. They're really, I don't want to say like they're super, like they're similar, but they are really similar in the sense of the overall like theme of helping, Mm -hmm. healing, expanding, shifting, growing, all of those things. So either one will help the other one for you expand larger. Exactly. Definitely. Which is really cool to see the synergy in there. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, Ooh. (laughs) So what is a fact about you that not many people would know? Ooh, what a fun question. Um, 
Let me think about that. So many people do this. They're like, I don't know. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a fun question. Um, Something that comes to mind, which is kind of gross, but I think needs to be shared so people will take a bigger look at their own health. I discovered the end of January that I had a lot of parasites and worms living inside of me. Wow. Because I was doing different supplements and herbs and trying to figure out my digestion and um, accidentally gave myself the right combination of things over a few days later upon researching what had happened to me is how I learned that what I was doing accidentally gave me the right dosages to help kill parasites inside of you. And I had tapeworms, parasites, um, lots of yeast overgrowth. That one wasn't really as alarming because that's something that a lot of people carry inside of them. But a lot of people carry more parasites and worms that we're aware of. And they can contribute to all the common symptoms of everything from fevers to brain fog, anxiety, depression, memory issues, um, acne issues, skin issues, bloating, all kinds of things, which are really that list of 20 symptoms that you can self-diagnose yourself with anything on Mm -hmm. WebMD that you choose to believe in. But that was not a lot of people know that about me. And that was very eerie to see that stuff come out into the toilet. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But gave me a huge, holy shit moment did a lot of research. Um, then I ended up doing a parasite cleanse, which really kind of cleared everything else out of my body, but not too many people know that about me because it's not something you talk about, but I would like to be more open about it because I had no idea they were in there and I can only imagine how many other people are living with them. Yeah. And that don't have any idea either. Cause it'd be really like great for you to share that story because that's not something a lot of people know about or even mm-hmm. think of. It's not something that like will cross their minds. So then they can reach out to like their doctors or whoever they may want to reach out to and actually like see if that's something that's similar to them. Yes. And definitely would reach out to a doctor who would not try to self-diagnose yourself yeah. or <laughs> do what I did that was purely situational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Totally. So you said what your sun, moon, and rising was, but what's your human design? And then do you relate to your astrology and your human design? Mm. So my human design is a generator, which I relate to so much. I am a generator for one generator, which I think is the opportunist investigator, I believe. Um, I'm not, I'm just only familiar in human design enough to scratch the surface. Yeah. Same with me. (laughs) Yeah. Mostly as it strictly relates to myself. And I think that pairing astrology and human design together really give you the clearest lens of who you are in this lifetime. I completely love both of them. I'm obsessed with both of them. And upon learning both sides of um, my signs and then my human design type, it was like a million light bulbs went off and all this confirmation of things I've thought about myself or maybe questioned why I do certain things just all suddenly made sense at the same time. Yeah, I feel the same way because I think like knowing my, at least my top three in astrology and then knowing like a little bit about my human design has kind of like, I can't think of the word, just like gave me confirmation of like, who I am 
what I'm mm-hmm. going through, like that everything is like accurate, that I'm not just like this emotional wreck all the time. Like I just have like a lot of water in my chart and all these things. And like, it's fine. It's who I am. <laughs> exactly. Same. And with astrology, with the rising sign, I'm a cancer rising. So a lot of water in that chart, but then I have fire in my sun and moon and growing up had always just really naturally, I didn't know anything else resonated on that Aries sun. And as I got through my twenties and then now upon reaching age 30, could never figure out why I just did not resonate with that sun sign anymore. And I was like, I'm so much more emotional and I have so many different things. Um, my love for the water, which I do believe has to do with that ascendant sign, but is also just a part of who I am. But then my love for being home and nature and like cooking and making my teas and just doing all these cancer things upon learning that I was like, Oh, that makes sense. I'm no longer trying to fight this weird disconnect of still needing to be an Aries when that's not a reflection of kind of where I've molded. Um, being that the ascendant sign kind of leads that your soul through this. Yeah. And there's so much to your chart. Like there's way more than the top three. There's so much to your chart. We're saying that, you know, you're just your sun sign, like, um, horoscopes are just like, you're just your sun sign. Like that's what everyone kind of like knows about. And if they don't relate to it, it's like, well, there's so many other things going on in your chart. And then there's so many things going on in like the planets where it kind of all shifts all the time. So you don't always have to resonate with like, if you're a Libra, you don't always have to be like, I feel like I'm a Libra. Like if you're not resonating with it, there could be another part of your chart that is contributing to what you are resonating with. Exactly. There's so, so much to it. And same with human design too. Mm -hmm. So much to the, what centers are open. Um, I think it's the lines. I might be saying that wrong or if you have, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm getting a reading on Sunday, so I'll totally learn learn more on Sunday. Yeah. I'm actually going to get a reading done so I can understand more because I don't understand like the oh like what's open and what's not open I know like I like get the specific versus non-specific manifester part Mm -hmm. but I don't understand like the numbers all the way or the authorities and there's just so much to human design that I really don't understand besides like I'm a manifesting generator like that's all I got (laughs) for myself (laughs) and you're one of the newer types I think the manifesting generators only came out in the last like century or so, maybe. I think that's true. Um, I'm not 100% true. I'm certain, not true. Um, but yeah, I think so. I heard that on like a probably the Balanced Blonde or something with Jenna Zoe. Most I think likely. that's where I heard something along those lines. Because for so long, uh, manifesting generators were just labeled as generators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love um, both the Balanced Blonde and Jenna Zoe. Yeah, me too. And it's just so good. (laughs) So how are you going to put love and care into yourself for the rest of the day? This evening, I'm going to spend it outside and take my dog for a walk. I live on a lake, so I'm going to read outside. We have some really pretty trees where I can go enjoy the fresh air. And then my husband will be coming home from work and we're going to make plant-based pizzas, dairy-free, gluten-free is what we're doing tonight. So just kind of really taking it easy, just playing. Um, and then seeing, kind of seeing where the evening goes. We'll watch the sunset, of course, but it's kind of funny how honestly watching the sunset is probably the most natural and almost like, 
I don't want to call it unconscious activity, but I still have to wake up. Like whenever I wake up in the morning, it's not like I'm immediately, oh, I'm going to go meditate. Mm-hmm. I have to yeah. check myself to get there. But watching the sunset is something that I I just do all the time. So I'm hopeful that my meditation and morning rituals and everything will eventually become that natural. Yeah, I'm sure over time, like that's the same thing with me. But once we start making our rituals into habits, they become more like, because I I have this thing with the word habit where I'm like, sometimes you can like have unconscious habits, but I also believe you can have like conscious habits where like you're doing something and you're aware that you're doing something and it's like more intentional and meaningful. Yes. Yeah. I feel like once you like you start doing it like every day for like X amount of days, then it just becomes a normal thing, like a part of your day-to-day life. Completely. And then what's a quote, saying, or piece of advice you want to leave the listeners with? Oh, my new favorite quote recently has been by Nelson Mandela, which is, everything's impossible until it's done. Ooh, I like that. I had to think about that too. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I think it just is so simple yet carries that little like mic drop feeling once you let it sit in. And it's Mm -hmm. so true because I had so many situations or things in my life where trying to accomplish them felt virtually impossible until I achieved that goal or got there. And then once it was done, it's like, oh, okay. What was I so worried about? (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. That resonates so well with me right now. Cause like what I want to do with like my program and like the goals I want to meet and this and that, like it seems impossible. But then once I reach it, it's like, oh, well, it's not because like you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I love that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that one before either. Yeah, it's so good. And I hope I said it right. It might be, it feels impossible until it's done. But yeah. You get it's a little similar. Yeah. They're like, yeah. they're similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then was there anything else you wanted to mention or talk about before we ended today's episode? Oh, um, I don't think so. Except that as human beings in this lifetime, I think the more that we check in with ourselves and honor ourselves and really honor our innate uniqueness and can strip away that need to constantly fit in with the crowd and be like everyone else and just honor who we are and our weirdness, our craziness, the little quirks and things that we do and almost fill fill our sense of when we view ourselves, fill it with love and happiness and laughter compared to always criticizing ourselves or holding that comparison because when we're just in those negative states, we just lose connection within ourselves and with those around us. And I think that's a really big reflection on where our world sits today. And I just really hope that us as a collective and if anybody listening to just really empower yourself to be you. I love that. That's really powerful, like you just said. <laughs> but that's absolutely beautiful. And I think that'll resonate with so many people as well. Yeah. 
So where can people find you if they want to like check you out? Mm. You can <laughs> find me on Instagram is the best place to connect, which is at loving your own soul or my blog and website, which also hosts my podcast, which is lyoslife.com. I love that. Yes. Check out her content. It's great. And the <laughs> podcast, because I listened to a bunch of your episodes or all the episodes that were on since it's new before yeah. we started talking and they're really good. And the one with your business partner explains Daffy and everything really yes. well as well. So totally check her out. Uh, thank you for being on my podcast. It was such a fun time. We talked about so much. I know. So many different areas. That was so fun. I hope it wasn't too much of a ping pong ball because oh, no, I think okay. we covered a lot of really great area. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree too. So thank you and bye everyone. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. I absolutely loved interviewing Britt. I learned so much about her. She released so much magic. She is literally such a light in everyone's life and she has such a beautiful soul and what she stands for and what she's doing in this world is so beautiful so remarkable so i'm so happy that she came on the podcast this week i challenge you to step into trust trust the universe trust yourself and trust your guides i really challenge you to just step into trust trust that next decision you're going to make trust yourself Trust the universe, the fact that it has your back. I really challenge you to do that this week. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, my blog, Facebook. All of that will be linked in the show notes as well as all of Brit's socials. So go check her out. And I'm going to link in the show notes my upcoming program, which has launched today if you're listening to this on July 13th. So go check it out. I am so excited to be sharing it with all of you, as well as the interview that I had with Britt on her podcast, Loving Your Own Soul. So go check all of that out. Go follow Britt. Go hit me up. Tell me what you loved about this episode. I would absolutely freaking love it if you rated and reviewed my podcast. It'd mean so freaking much to me, man. And again, I wanted to just thank Britt for being on the podcast. Such a light, such a pleasure, and I can't wait to talk to her again soon. And with all that being said, I cannot wait to chat with you all next week. Bye, everyone.